And hello, everybody. This is your host, Marlon Diaz. And I am so proud and so happy to have our guest, Carolina Castillo. She is a she has taken Twitter by storm. And I I think this is gonna be another great episode in which we get to talk about a lot of things. And Carolina, I want to welcome, welcome to the Keeping a Local Thank podcast. Thank you, Marlon. You know, this to me is such a privilege to be on your show. I feel like such a newbie uh, in the Republican Party. I just became a Republican uh, May of uh, 2022. And so uh, the Republican Party has really embraced me, you being one of them. And, and I am so honored to be here with you today. Thank you so much for, for, for inviting me. And I've only been on Twitter. It's funny that you say... Um, that I'm taking Twitter by storm because I've only been on Twitter for for you one have. year. <laughs> you have, you have. Well, the pleasure is all mine. And you know, the first thing I want to kick off, um, obviously, on this on this podcast is I want you to tell our viewers about yourself, about your background, and your involvement in democratic politics. Because as we know, yes, you did become a Republican, but before you were a Democrat. So walk us through that. Well, it's a it's a really interesting story. I um, registered Democrat when I was 18 years old in college and I was a Democrat for 28 years. So that should kind of give you my age. (laughs) I'm dating myself, but um, I'm actually an immigrant. I was born in Bogota, Colombia, and uh, I came to the States legally. I waited. Um, so I was born in Bogota, Colombia. My dad's from Spain. We we left to Spain. And then in Spain, we waited for four years before coming into um, Chicago, where my grandmother and my aunt w- were waiting for us. Four years wow. waiting in Spain. So I did kindergarten in Spain and I did first grade in Chicago. And then I did second grade in Miami. And the rest is history. I'm a Miami girl. Um, raised, uh, really raised by, by my Cuban American family, um, which I adore. Um, it, it, I'm just, you know, honored to be in Miami Dade. And, uh, I'm a mom to a 13 year old young lady who is just a leader and just amazing, which I'll tell you more about later. Um, but sure. that's really, you know, my personal, um, my background professionally is, um, well, let's start with, uh, and sometimes I'll bring in a little bit of uh, Spanglish because, uh, you know, I'm a proud Latina. Exactly. Para mí, lo que ser Latina es un orgullo. I'm proud to be a Latina. And so that, you know, that's my roots. That's, that's my culture. And um, and so, yeah, if I, if I kick it a little Spanglish, uh, you know, just bear with me. <laughs> so I... No van a entender, and they're going to understand us. That's we're going to put it out. Así es, and you know, and so I, um, so I went to you know public school all my life. That's my 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 background, and uh, yeah. I graduated from FIU here in Miami Dade from broadcast. Jur- okay. Go back. Oh yeah, from broadcast journalism. And, uh, you know, while I was in Miami-Dade, I interned with, you know, Spanish language and English language television. And then once I graduated from um, FIU, I worked at Inside Edition in New York City. And then I came here and worked at WSVN in Miami. Um, and that's, you know, what I what I did. But, you know, long story short, TV can be a bit toxic, as we all know. And um, very low paying. I was working in the in the in the back end and uh, as a, an assignment desk 
and it, you know, low pay, toxic, and I just kind of wanted a change. And I worked for um, Starbucks, you know, 2008, 2009. That was my business um, crash course for six years. I wanted to work for the marketing department. And then that's when the, um, remember the crash of 2008, 2009? They said, listen, we're, we're closing a bunch of stores. We're closing our offices. All we can offer you is... Uh, a position in a store. I had no idea about retail. But you know what? My dad, who's from Spain, uh, owns Los Gallegos here in Miami-Dade. And uh, no, no, Los Gallegos was in uh, Coral Way, right next to West Miami Middle School. I went to West Miami Middle School. And so I would okay. walk, you know, across the street that my dad owned that. And, uh, and I said, you know what, I want to get that business experience because in the future, I want to have my own business. I want to maybe open up a coffee shop. I didn't know at that time. And, uh, long story short, I I worked with Starbucks for six years. I learned, you know, to open a store, to close a store, to hire, to fire, to, uh, manage people. And that was just incredible experience for me. Um, and I'm very blessed, uh, for them because when I had my daughter, um, you know, I almost died having her and their in their insurance was incredible. They 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 kept my job position opened. They really helped me through um, the birth of my daughter. And they, they're just phenomenal company um, when I worked for them. So I'm very blessed to have to have had that experience with them, which was so radical from television to Starbucks. And everybody thought I was crazy. But you know what? I did it and it made me better for it, a better professional for it. Um, and then having my daughter, you know, not being able to work those long hours that is required in the retail, you know, restaurant business, I said, you know, I needed to, to open up my own business is what I, is what I thought. And, um, I spoke with her father, her father is a lawyer and he's like, well, why don't you start doing some, you know, some PR, some marketing, you have so much experience with television, with, you know, business, you know, why don't we start doing something, you know, for, for, for the law firm. And that turned into source lawyer relations, which is PR marketing for law firms, nonprofits, small businesses, and, uh, lately politicians. Um, but that's not how it started. It started just for lawyers and nonprofits. And, uh, I did that in 2013. I opened that, which went phenomenally well. And, um, and then from there, I started, um, working with legal services of greater Miami Inc pro bono. And I did like their marketing video because they uplift, um, you know, the underprivileged communities. And so that to me was an honor. You know, I, I was, I was happy to do it pro bono. I, I, I was enthusiastic about it because I knew I was helping my community, um, from Legal Service of Greater Miami, they introduced me to the Women's Chamber of Commerce of Miami-Dade County. And through that, I was with them for about five years. I became a member. Then I took the initiative and said, why don't you, I do your social media pro bono? And uh, I, I volunteer my time a lot. You're going to notice in my story. And so, and then from there, I became a board member. And then from the board member, I became president of the Women's Chamber of Commerce of Miami-Dade County in 2018. Ironically enough, Aneta Deo, Senator Aneta Deo, swore me in. And that's going to be really uh, a, a strong point, because as you've seen on Twitter, I am completely against Aneta Deo, because obviously 
You were fe- you're very Absol- fierce with her. Absolutely. Very, I mean, we're both critics of her, but I think I think you've taken a bigger stand. Well, because because really with Anatadeo, she's a Colombian American who I admired, who I. I, I wanted to swear me in as, as the president of the Women's Chamber of Commerce of Miami-Dade County, who I believed, who I, who I held in a pedestal, and then who betrayed Colombian-Americans. Um, and we'll talk more about that. And now, you know, it's more personal to me because of her hypocrisy, really. And that's why I'm voting Maria Elvira Salazar for District 27, which is my district. And then through um, the League of Women, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, then through the Women's Chamber of Commerce, I met the League of Women Voters, which I thought they were moderate. They're supposed to be nonpartisan. They are super woke. They are so woke now. It's horrible. But at that time, I thought, you know, they said we're nonpartisan. We're just here to, you know, help women. And I'm I'm a huge, you know, women's women's advocate. Right. And and, and girl, yeah. girls advocate. Good. And then from there, mm-hmm. I started yeah. participating with Ruthless. I became kind of like because then, of course, you know, I, I was done with the presidency of the Women's Chamber. And so then I volunteered my time with Ruthless and their leadership um, team. Ruthless is a women's organization that promotes and endorses pro-choice Democratic women to political office. So um, they've also become so progressive and left and woke that they work hand in hand with Ana Eskamani. I mean, come on, that's a slap in the face. You know, I'm much more moderate. I think the only thing that I was very progressive when I was a Democrat was the pro-choice, which you'll see how I've changed in that regard. But um, yeah. But it was it's just been a slap in the face to me because every space that I was in, I really thought, you know, it was bipartisan, you know, like more moderate. But they've become so left that I am not a part of them anymore. And then with that, you're going to be in shock, too, because then through Roots List, um, I was introduced to Christian Albert, which is, you know, the Democratic strategist for Daniela Levinkava. I worked with edge communications. I, I was a ghostwriter. I was writing press releases, you know, and then that's when the pandemic hit. So I only worked there for about like four months. Then the pandemic hit. And, uh, I remember I got sick. I thought I had COVID. I took a test. You know, it was negative. You know, you, you would get a test in that time, two weeks later, remember when it wasn't like the day after it was two weeks, I waited 14 days. It was negative. And then I, I was so scared of the pandemic. I was like, I can't go back to work. Like, I'm going to have to work from home. And then the, the political yeah. work, remember, it went down. If you remember, everything went down. And so, you know, Christian and I, you know, at that time, we're like, you know, this is this is fine, you know, because I I just I'm too scared and I just want to stay home with my daughter. She's in school and now she's going into online learning. So I'm I can't really work right now right and everything was locked down and then from there um after a couple of months you know doing uh helping my daughter through school and online learning which that was a that was a challenge in itself right we were all learning a new way of 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 being educated and and having the teachers on video and teachers not being able to hear the students and the students, some students were rowdy and then the, the, the other students couldn't hear. It was just chaos for mothers. Um, it was for chaos. parents. Yeah. We, we weren't used to that. So that was a huge learning curve for children. It was a huge learning curve for, for parents as well. So I had a couple of months of that. And then um, a, a couple of the women from Roots List said, hey, 
why don't you um, work for um, Organized Florida, which is now called Florida Rising. So at that time, mm-hmm. I did not know they were a socialist organization. What they what they told oh, me yeah. was, you're going to be the state, the co-state director for the women's constituency because you have so much uh, backgrounds with women organizations. I was like, oh, my God, it was like, this is perfect. I was so aligned with this. I'm so excited. You know, we're going to get out the vote for women for 2020. I'm so excited. And once I went in, I remember my co-director, her name was Lisa Perry. She she's like, um, get ready because this is not what you think. And I, I didn't understand that. And it was the most toxic environment I have ever worked in. And because of Florida Rising, which is which at that time was called Organized Florida, I worked there for four months. It was just a, a gig for, for the, you know, it, it started in August and ended in November. And it was just a gig to get out the vote for, for 2020. And uh, I yeah. think it was the most toxic four months that I have ever spent in any one company in my entire life. And that's where I learned about CRT. That's where I learned about the left. That's where I looked about about how progressive they are. That's where I learned how these progressives like Anas Kamani are, are moving the needle to the left. And I was floored. I was floored. But you know what? That experience and every every experience that I've had is what made me move right so it, it, it actually was a, a godsend. It was a blessing. And I am so grateful, really, for being in every one of these spaces because it opened my eyes to who the Democratic Party is, what it's become, because it's unrecognizable. That is the truth. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, so no what are you absolutely not. 100%. It was much more moderate. Even Biden was much more moderate. You know, now they're all talking about, you know, trans sports and going against girls and, you know, everything else that they've been talking about. Right. And uh, it, it, it's they've become kind of like the tyrants of the vaccine passports and, you know, you losing your job because you didn't get vaccinated and. You know, I, this 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 authoritarian party that I just cannot and could not be part of anymore. And uh, and so because of all of that and because it opened my eyes to so much and the pandemic opened my eyes, I went on to Twitter last year and I started going as a Democrat against the progressives because I was like, these progressives are ruining our party because I still kind of had hope that moderates like myself, you know, would listen and and were and would wake up and say, hey, we need to reject the progressives because they're taking our party hostage and we need to save our party because we are not socialists. You know, we are not um, these crazy totalitarian people who believe in, in, in vaccine passports and who you know, jail people because they go to the beach or jail little kids because not jail them, but kick them out of restaurants like in New York because they're not vaccinated and or, fi- or fire people. Yes, or in fire people industry. in the health industry where people were losing their livelihoods, their their income, their families. Mm-hmm. Um, many people yeah. committed suicide for God's sake. And so I started fighting as a Democrat, as a moderate Democrat, against all of that on Twitter, loud as can be. And I remember reaching 305 followers, 305 followers. And I was like, hey, I'm proud to reach 305 followers because I'm from Miami, Dave, you know. 
it was it was that kind of thing. I didn't think anybody was listening. And today, and today I have you know four thousand something followers. I, I probably would be able to have more, yeah. but I remember t- t- Twitter has been taking five hundred followers at a time. It's been crazy before Elon Musk took over. You know, but um, yeah. I've been able to make amazing connections like yourself and really um, yeah. understand that, no, the Democratic Party is insane, that the moderates from the Democratic Party actually left are either independent or are Republican. Um, and the ones who, who are still there, I don't know. I think there's they, they, they might have a little hope, but most of them are Democrat socialists, you know, progressives that 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 think that the party is going in the right direction because it's going in their direction. And I'm not OK with that. Yeah. I, I tell you, I mean, I, it's um, when you when you get to hear stories like yours, I think it it. it it really, it's very telling because I feel that there's so many people out there that don't have, that don't have a clue. And it's just like, let me just follow the, let me go on the river and let me go, let me go, let me go through the, you know, see what happens. Right. And I think that um, people, yes. people need to do yes. research and people also need to do, I feel like people, not only the research, but the live experiences like the ones you had, I think that that's the yes. ultimate changer. It, it's a game changer. Like when it comes to, you know, where, you know, where, where is that I want to be politically? Like what, what, yes. what are my values? Absolutely. Does this represent my values? Is this what, is this yes. what I want for my country yes. 20 years from now? And I think that you having had those life experiences has gotten you to where you are now. And that is that you are a, you're, a real conservative you you yeah. are you're a mama bear. You care about your mom. You care, you care about your daughter. You care about her future. And you know, I think um, we we're lucky enough to have good leadership here in Florida to be able to be yeah. the model, not just for not just for the state, but for the whole entire country. So I think um, I think the leadership of the of the governor has been inspiring. It's it's been a game changer yes. too, if you will. Um, because look at all the other states that are implementing education policies. But then, you know, you see these guys on, on, on the other side of the party that are going crazy. Um and yeah. you know, it's like, well, you know, this works. And people are People are supporting the agenda. Well, we're gravitating to the Santis, which I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. News Nation did yeah. a, a quick story on me. And in that um, interview, I I told them straight up, I never liked the Santis when I was a Democrat because I yeah. was so brainwashed by the Miami Herald. That's all I read. And by all of where, where I was at the time with the Women's Chamber and everything else, yeah. that I thought he was the devil. That is the truth, because that's how they put position him. When I got yeah. into Twitter, I remember I was still not a fan of his a year ago and right. I started listening and I and I, I implore and I and I please and I beg and urge all listeners to listen to your representatives directly. Like, listen to their press conferences, because that's what did it for me. When I started listening to DeSantis directly, 
I was floored with how then I would go to the Miami Herald and the Miami Herald would completely change the rhetoric and change the agenda and position him as the devil. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I have been lied to this entire time, so much so that I unsubscribed from the Miami Herald. That is the truth. I think you're saving yourself some money. <laughs> it's true. Estos dos pesos te pueden ir para un para una un, 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 un eh, ir a Versailles y comerte un pastelito, unas croquetitas y un café. Exactamente, mi cafecito con leche, mi pan cubano que es mi favorito. That is the truth. 100%. Yeah. Pero es la verdad que pérdida de dinero, Dios mío, para que para que le mientan a uno. Es una bofetada. That is the truth. Yeah. And so yeah. this year on Twitter has been so eye-opening. I mean, I am Ron DeSantis' biggest fan. I, I love what he's doing with Florida. I love what he's doing with schools. I support him on education 150%. I support him on, on uh, trans sports 150%. I, 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 listen, I, I believe in trans rights. However... Get your own lane. Don't go against yeah. girls. Don't take away their rights and their hard work. Girls can't yeah. compete with, you know, these trans um, folks that are, are biologically stronger. That is the truth. And they're taking away girls' opportunities. And so I'm a huge women's advocate, you know, and in regards to, because everybody always says, well, if you're a women's advocate, how could how were you pro-choice? And so that's, that's a story that of evolved, like that I've evolved in. Right. So when I was a Democrat, I was, I, it was all about the women's rights. You know, you cannot touch our bodies, but you evolve at the end of the day, the, the left has become so radical. I also don't like abortion on demand, which is how they speak. This is what that, this is who they have become. I do not like abortion on demand. You know, abortion is there for for emergencies. Abortion isn't there because it's a you know it's 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 a right. It's it's so I I like the fifteen week is what I'm trying to say. I like the I yeah. like the middle ground. I don't uh, support late term abortions, um, and I've definitely progressed, uh, evolved in that because, you know, at the end of the day, yes, it's the woman's right. You have 15 weeks to make that decision, but you also have to think about the child who's developing in your womb and becoming, you know, a baby, um, a human, a yeah. human being. So you have to respect life at the same time. So that I think was the last thing I needed to kind of move a little bit more right to really embrace um, the Republican Party because everything else, I don't like the open borders. I don't like the rise in in um, in crime. I don't like the socialist commie, you know, commie um uh, positions that that Biden and his administration has taken, working with Maduro for oil, uplifting Petro, delisting the FARC, which is a terrorist group from Colombia. That has been a yeah. slap in the face to all of us. How about you know he didn't he didn't support the Cubans um, when they when they went to Washington and they they begged him for support for you know for 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 you know for their Cuban brothers and sisters and their families while they were protesting against the this criminal government in Cuba. He didn't even go mm -hmm. out and speak with them in Washington. I cried. I was so yeah. hurt. And at that moment, I was a Democrat. I cried for, for my, because my, my, my Cuban brothers and sisters 
you all are, are the ones who I've grown up with and it hurt me to my yeah. core. And I said, no, what is going on? Who are, who is this administration? Why are they standing with, with communists? Why are they standing with dictators? Why are they negotiating with these criminals? I could not believe it, you know, and, uh, all of that has been uh, heartbreaking. All of that has hurt me to my core. Um, and that's where Aneta Deo came in when I thought that she was leading um, the Colombian Americans and she was the moderate. You know, I would I would text with her because that's how close we got. And she would say, oh, because I'm middle of the grounds, because I'm censure, because I'm this. And I believed her. Of course, I admired her. And then I see yeah. her standing with uh, uh, endorsing Tomas Kennedy, who is the most socialist in our in Miami-Dade County of our party. She's standing there with uh, with another uh, another guy, John. I forgot his last name, who who ran for school board in Broward. He's a petrista. He supports Petro in Colombia, who is, you know, ex guerrillero, uh, narco-terrorist, the whole thing, and he's now president. And so, uh, so she was talking out of both sides of her mouth. Uh, on one end, she's saying, I stand with against Petro. And on the other end, she was supporting those who support Petro and who actually uh, congratulated Petro and congratulated Colombia when socialist you know, Petro won the presidency. So that's when my heart broke. I felt stabbed in the back. And for me, Aneta, that was personal because I believed in her, which is ironic because that is her slogan, believe. I did believe. I believed with my entire heart that she was the person who she said, and she's a fraud. She's a fake. She's a liar. Well, from what I've been told, from from conversations that I've had with people is that she is the type of person that is very self-serving. Yeah. Not sure if, if that's your, if, if that's your observation. Um, I think that she, it, it's like, let me, let me jump from this seat to the other because I'm going to have more power. And then let me jump from this seat to the other because I'm going to exactly. have more power. And then it's all for convenience. Exactly. And then, and then, like you said, she has two. She has two different ways of going about things. But then, when you confront her, she's like, "No, no, no, I didn't say that." Yes. And then, uh, as she was confronted the other day in this week in South Florida, in which Michael Putney asked her if um, if she supported the socialist movement because she was meeting at an event that had the, the Democratic Socialist of America. Yeah, their logo right behind her when she was speaking. And then she said, no, because I was at the double uh, NCP and this and that. And no, because. And then, no, she, and then, no, and, and that, then she said that it's a free country. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was so telling. It's a free country. I'm like, wow. I would never stand with Tomas Kennedy. I would never stand with socialist Democrats. I mean. Well, Tomas, Tomas, funny enough, Tomas Kennedy, I actually have a, a, actual, a personal experience with him. Um, the time that uh, gov- the governor was announcing his lieutenant governor pick, Jeanette Nunez at the time, they were at the Museum of the Bay of Pigs okay. in, in Little yes, Havana. I remember that. Yes. And then and then Tomas Kennedy was standing by the tent where everybody would get into the car. Oh, wow. I was right at the tip, obviously, you know, protecting that area that no crazies would come by. Of course, he was one of, of course. them. But he had his phone out 
because this is a typical strategy for them. Let's let's pull out the phone, yeah. right? And then let's let's film and just say whatever we, we you know all you know screaming out loud so that we can put it on social media so we can just get a couple of thousand likes, right? Yeah. And. I came and I looked at him and I already knew his background of being problematic and being an activist and doing all these things and being an interu- you know interrupting and doing things. So next thing you know, I came and asked a police officer kindly and says, ma'am, this gentleman right here, I think he's, he's going to do something. I'm not sure. Um, I don't want to accuse him of posing a threat, but I think he's too close to the loading zone where everybody's getting to the car. And next thing you know, the police officer approaches him. She goes, sir, you need to go in front of this in the other side of the street and you can protest there all you want. And in that very moment, the governor was loading to. Oh. And he screams while being moved by the police. Yeah. Stance is you're a racist. Oh, instigating. And of course, he got of course. And he got it on camera. But I don't think I don't think the governor really heard him or like paid attention. Yeah. But I think his wife did hear because his wife was just right behind him. So it's just let and that's the that, that's the strategy of the Democratic yeah. Party. I think it's like let me pull out my phone, let me go to a politician's event, and like let me scream. At yeah, them. yeah. And so I can get it on camera. Although I will say, you know, to to be fair, um, Obama doesn't get. <laughs> As we've seen lately, Obama doesn't get nice treatment from us Republicans because um, we go and show up and we and we interrupt. But he obviously goes in back and forth with with whoever yeah. protesting. Um, but at the end of the day, look, it's a free country. I understand, yeah. but he, I think he's he's a very vile person, very um, unwanted in the community. I just feel like. You know, I understand that he has his convictions and all, but Miami doesn't share. Yeah. And the problem is that the Democrats have made him the face of the Democratic Party in Florida. 100%. And then you have Aneta Deo endorsing him, a socialist who then praised, yeah. p- praises socialists and dictators in, 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 our, in the countries, our birth countries where we, we left to live in, in, in the United States of America. So it's a slap yeah. in the face. That is, that is the truth that this, this gentleman, uh, this radical leftist gentleman who is a, a problem is now the face of the Democratic Party, really, in, in Miami, in Florida. So especially yeah. in Miami-Dade County. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully, hopefully they're going to learn a big lesson come Tuesday. I am so um, excited. You have no idea. I have been saying <laughs> on Twitter, we are turning Miami-Dade ruby red. We are going to turn yeah. it ruby red. It's historic. Yeah. And um, it's so impressive because um, as, a, as a Democrat, I know and I am fully aware that when it comes to vote by mail, since we're the ones who created it, um, when, I, you know, when I was a Democrat, the party, and uh, early voting really is who, you know, what we pushed, what we used to push, we dominated those numbers. Those were our numbers. And then the Republicans mm-hmm. would come in on the day of to vote. And so the fact that Republicans are are literally dominating early voting and vote by mail in in in, in Florida and in, Florida. in, Miami. Not just in, Miami. Yes, in, in Florida, Florida is is so, yeah. so telling of what's to come, yeah. you know, 
I think my prediction, uh, if I'm being honest with you, is that there's going to be a lot of surprises, not just in Florida, but I think that we're going to be we're going to be seeing a lot of surprises in a lot of other races that we perhaps think that they're not going to make it or they're going to lose by a couple of points. There could be there could be probably a race or two that could probably lose by two points or so. But I think that in the end of the day, um, it's going to be it's going to come down to uh, probably Pennsylvania yeah. winning Republicans. Yeah. I think I see Georgia winning with 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 her. Yeah. Um, I see, um, you know, I, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty optimistic. I think, I think you could say the same when it comes to, to these races, because I think Americans are on a mandate for change. Absolutely. Um, and I think people are just tired and have had enough of this empty, obscure, dark, dry agenda well, well, in which you're lying to well, people. it's affecting our, our pockets, too. It's affecting, you know, high gas prices. People go with their pockets. Absolutely. I mean, these are things that, you know, when I go to the grocery store, eggs used to be $3. Now, sometimes they're 7 and $8, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. And you look at that, and then you look at your gas tank, and you're seeing the difference on a monthly basis where your budget used to be and where it is now. And you're seeing that it's a huge change. You're also seeing the rise in crime. You're also seeing the deaths through fentanyl because of the open borders. You're seeing that, you know, families, families in Arizona and in Texas are hurting because of the open borders. The crime increased. Um, People, uh, I remember this woman, she has a, she had a 28 year old, like 20, something like a, a, a small business. That was fine. And then in two months, it got broken into like eight times. And she said that that had never happened in all the years that she had um, her business. So it's affecting families. It's affecting children. It's affecting our livelihoods. And I think once once your policies affect our children and affect our safety and affect our pocket, we are going to reject you and we are going against you. A hundred percent. And I think that's yeah. where the American communities are, because at the end of the day, our families come first and we're protecting our families. Yeah. We're protecting our children from all of it, you know, from from the high you know, crime, the high fentanyl, the 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 high prices where, you know, maybe you can't buy the shoes that you wanted for your 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 son or daughter because, you know, you spent it on you know, increased gas and increased groceries. I mean, it's, it's hard. Yeah, no, I, 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 like I said, I think, I think um, we're in for a lot of surprises and I think uh, people are not going to be expecting how good Republicans are going to perform um, because we, we've been tackling the right messaging and, and we've been tackling what really people care about, what I call the bread and butter issues. Yeah. Because I think that the Democrats are talking about a bunch of Maloney. Yeah. But, you know, you know, we've we've really put in an, an emphasis on the bread and butter issues about people. And that's what I'd like to. And that's why I created this podcast, which was, you know, with the focus, obviously, to to talk about those bread and butter issues, too. And what people deal with with every day. It's not easy. And we're going through really hard times. And, you know, we have a sitting president of the United States who goes out and makes a speech about the threat to democracy. Um, I'm sorry, Mr. President, but we have we have a serious issue in a, on the when it comes to the economy in this country. There's a lot of people out there with harsh um, uh, that are going through harsh times, 
and 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 the inability to be able to buy the goods and the things that they used to buy before. Um, and by the way, gas at one point was a dollar and eighty eight yeah. cents. Yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. So, so, and then he also puts an emphasis on the former president and then talks about linking the January 6th um, uh, insurrection to what happened to Paul Pelosi. But what about, what about everybody else who's been well, attacked? Kavanaugh. What about Ka- people? Kavanaugh was attacked. Kavanaugh, Rand Paul. Absolutely, yeah. Rand Paul. Yeah. There's so a lot of violence if if, going against the, the, the Republican Party, but, you know, media has really helped to create that messaging like the megas are the crazy, violent ones. And then they hide when the the left is attacking a, a, a Republican. And it's it's just, it's very scary when Biden says, you know, that he implores voters to save democracy from lies and violence. If, you know, don't vote Republican. I'm like, wait a second. Democracy is, you know, voting Republican or Democrat. And you're lying already because the lo- the lies on the violence come directly from the Democratic Party. Look at Charlie Crist. He's, what did he say today? He said, he said, oh, because my I admire, you know, Biden. He's ageless. He's got so much energy. Why are you lying to the American people? We have ears, we have eyes, and you're treating us like we're idiotic. You're treating us as if we're ignorant. You're treating us as if we're stupid. And I think they're insulting uh, voters so heavily that voters are pissed. Voters are pissed. Like voters are voting angry. They're like, we are so tired of you. You're con- you you being condescending to us. We are so tired of you lying to us. We are so tired of you letting telling us that there is no recession, that life is wonderful, and yeah. feeding us fairy tales that are not true. We see right through you, and people are pissed. He talked about voter suppression and intimidation. I can only say two things. Number one, Republicans are not intimidated to go out exactly. and vote. Absolutely. <laughs> no intimidation. No, Number two, suppression. Republicans are not suppressed. Re- they're yeah. gonna go. They're gonna go on their car. Como si tienen que pagar 50 pesos en gasolina y van a ir al lugar de votación y van a votar por los republicanos. Exactamente, porque es Simple. exactamente, pero no solamente eso. When they say that um, that 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 Republicans are suppressing the vote, dude, Georgia has record number voting in Georgia, yeah. and you're gonna tell me, Trace, uh, what's her name, Adams, Stacey Abrams. <laughs> Who's an election? Exactamente. How many times did she say that, you know, Trump was illegitimate, that he wasn't our president? Y la, y la secretaria de prensa de Biden, Karine Jean-Pierre, she said that Stacey Abrams' election was Exacto. stolen. That, brought, that, that the governor of Georgia exactly, the and then they blame the megas, and then they blame voter suppression. What voter suppression? You have record number of voters in Georgia. You have two to three weeks of early voting. You have ballot boxes which you had never had when Hillary ran. Oye, no me jodas, like. Por eso yeah. estamos mamados. Para, de, esa es la verdad. Yeah. Estamos hartos. Yeah. Como, oh my God, you know what I loved. Um, and I've met so many great people on Twitter, like Christina Pusha, yeah. Giancarlo Sopo, yeah. Jorge, um, Christian, uh, I, I, his last name, bueno, eh, sí, Christian, Christian Camara. Camara, 
He's a dear friend of mine. So hi, yes, Christian. Yes, he's awesome. Eh, Jorge yeah. Bonilla. You know, these are my people now that I follow, that I listen to, and I love Giancarlo Sopo's uh, um, Latinx uh, video where he goes, que se vayan a la chinga, chinga, chinga X, algo así. I was, I, I'm like, sí, sí. exactamente. Yeah, yeah. Lo que yo les quiero decir a ellos constantemente, todos los días, arriba, like, de 7 de la mañana a 7 de la noche. No jodan, no mamen. Decir. Increíble, increíble decir que hay una mexicana republicana electa al Congreso por la hey, primera vez en la historia de Flores, este país. That is historic. And they have gone against y la her. otra señora, Mónica de la Cruz, yo creo que hey. se llama ella, también es de republicana hey. y de, y de eh, tiene, no sé si es mexicana o nacida aquí, pero, eh, pero te, da, te, da, te da cuenta ver de que hay un cambio yes. Yes. increíble. Y, hay, y lo, los hispanos, de Hispanics, are really going, you know, towards because they know that we are we're we're for prosperity, yes. we're for you keeping money yes. in your pocket. We are we we want to be in peace, yes. not war, not 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 be getting into wars, and we want to be able to provide for our children's future, and you know, and the Democratic Party is just it's a blank yes. sheet. Bueno, well, they're talking about not what it used to not not what it used to be because before, yeah, yeah. They had a, you know, they had a strategy. No, they were embracing Hispanics. But even back, remember, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this, but the break, the the taco operation yeah. taco back in Hillary. No, I don't campaign, remember that. It was it was called Operation Taco. I don't know exactly the name, but it was something related to a taco in which was. A specific campaign targeted towards the And they called it Operation Taco. That's so insulting and demeaning. Is that really a, a is that really a fact? I don't remember that. Oh my god, up. that's awful. I you know what you, I, you know And they put and they blasted it out Dios big mio. time. Because it was it was it, it, it it's embarrassing. embarrassing. It's just embarrassing how you can come and target one specific, you know area of, of, of Hispanics, which is the Mexicans. And we're you so know, diverse. You could have said oper Operation Pancuban. Oh, yeah, and, we're, and, oh yeah, and, let me, <laughs> and let's be honest, you know, our, the Hispanic culture is so diverse. You know, the Colombian and Nicaraguan and Venezuelan and Cuban and, and Spaniard, you know, we are so diverse with our music and our food and, and our culture um, that we demand respect. And I think what we're not getting that from the Democratic Party. And we are not getting that respect. And I think that's why Hispanics are leaving, because we feel disrespected, we feel insulted, and we feel like the Democratic Party is also tone deaf. How dare you keep talking about climate change and moving into like electric cars when people cannot afford gas? How dare them just be so drastic and say the most the priority right now is climate change? No, the priority right now is to eat. The priority right now is to get to work. The priority right now is to raise my kids. And that's what they don't understand. They are so tone deaf and people are turning them off. We're done. We're done. We're done with Democrats. We yep. really are because they are not listening to, to, to real people with real issues. And, you know, our, the most important thing for mothers like me is the future of our children. And that's why I'm so passionate. Oye, déjame serte sincera. I'm here. Not because I have to. I don't work for it for 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 any party. I don't work for any uh, Marco Rubio. Which, by the way, I did his I did his his um 
I did his commercial, which to me was, a, 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 you know, very out of character because, again, when I was a Democrat, I didn't like Marco Rubio. But when I see Val Deming yeah. standing with Escamani, man, let me tell you something. I've become such a Marco Rubio fan. I am a Marco Rubio fan now. It's incredible because I've really yeah. seen what how yeah. much he cares. And he really he really had worked. Um, and, and people don't recognize Absolutely. that. The, and, I, and, I, and I had this discussion with a Democrat. Um, and she, came, it, it, she, she, because I was talking the facts, she got so upset that she goes, we're oh. done with this politics. Pero es la verdad. Mira, Marco Rubio is, is not... Exactamente. Y, y, and facts are facts. Y entonces, cuando tú tienes una mamá como yo, que... Tú, eh, los republicanos no me pagan, los demócratas no me pagan, yo no trabajo con ningún político, I don't work with anybody, right, no politicians, and I am putting my time into, into this, why? Because I'm looking for my daughter's future, I want her to prosper, I want her to have yeah. a better future than I did, that is, I'm a first generation American. I'm a first generation that went to, to, to the university, that graduated from college. I want my daughter wow. to have a better life than I did. I work my ass off, you know, in these platforms yeah. and doing interviews and being on Twitter and confronting, confronting the Democrats because I have no fear. I'm fearless because I know who they are, because I've worked with them, because I've been in their circles. They're hypocrites. They're toxic. Yeah. And so I'm trying to protect my daughter from all of that and also not only trying to protect her but trying to to, to get her to a point where she's going to have a better future than I have had you know my I, I mean I think I'm in a great position as a as an immigrant I think I've I've come really far because of my mom's sacrifices you know my family's sacrifices I am who I am because of my mother and my family um but I want you know you always want better for your kids you do, because you know what? I'd like for Camila to maybe run for something, to to make a difference. Of you know, course. Yeah, of to course. make a difference. To I, You know, I, she, she, I've ingrained in her community service. I've ingrained in her, yeah. you know, take care of your neighbors. I've ingrained with her, to, in her, uplift others. So when I see the Democrats going violent and going radical and becoming uh, totalitarian, that is not what I want for my daughter. I reject it and I am going to fight for her all the way. Yeah. Well, I I, I hear it in your voice. You're very passionate. It, it's admirable. <laughs> I love how, how, how you know, because that's, and that's what my mom wants for me. And that's what my mom wants for my brother, even though my brother's a Democrat. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I wish him the best. And I think that, you know, with time he will realize, and I told him this before, um, if he's listening on the podcast, he'll probably roll his eyes, but um, with time he'll realize what the Democratic Party is at the end of the day. And he said, no, because I have the eyes closed. No, the eyes closed has him. Because it's the, whole, it's the whole talking points that they give him in school. Because by the way, that's how it started. My brother used to be very on the middle. He, used to, he, he had very conservative leanings. And all of a sudden, became a Democrat. And it wasn't at my household because everyone in my household is Republican. Wow. We're, vote, we're voting yeah, Republican. Yeah. And coming from a yeah. country that oppressed us from believing a certain way or or or, or having the the convictions that yeah. they wanted to being in a country that you're that yes you are free 
to decide who you want to be, what your political conviction should be. I mean, you know, I, I understand, but that's the one thing in, in schools that I know the governor is yeah. targeting because we need to we need to change the narrative of having teachers being activists. We need more teachers, less activists in schools because that's how it's Leonard, If I told you, you know, and I'm not going to give out any names of any schools because obviously I'm in the school yeah. system now. You know, my, my, my daughter goes yeah. to private school, something that I never had. Right. Um, yeah. If I told you that in the school system, um, Florida Rising, Flick, you know, they're they're in there as benevolent. So they position themselves. This is this is what happens. Right. So, you know, credits for your brother, because all in due time. Right. It took me. How long did it take me? Twenty eight years. Come on. You know. Right. Most people are like, why did it take you so long? Oh, no. He'll he'll. I think. Absolutely. But then I'm in the school system with my daughter and, uh, you know, the charter schools, the private schools. Guess who's in there? Flick. Florida rising and they go in there with benevolent causes, immigrant rights. Of course, everyone's going to say yes to immigrant rights because of course, right? Because they're human rights. They go in there with that, but nobody knows the schools. I don't think even know how that these people, these organizations are socialists. So yeah, that's where it starts. And they start indoctrinating children and it's, it's incredible how much power, they have how much money they have millions because I was working with them. They have millions and millions and millions of dollars to push their agenda. And they do it in the most benevolent way as human rights, yeah. women's rights, Shame. immigrants rights, you know, and then of course you, everybody wants to help because Americans as Americans, we are, we are, we want to help everybody. That is the truth. And so when you position yourself like that, you don't see the the socialist platform and these these organizations are the same ones who want to defund the police these organizations are the same yeah. ones who are endorsing Val Demings Charlie Crist Aneta Leo Janelle Perez and it and and so wait a second you stand with cops but yet you are being endorsed by defund the police organizations that you also support no mejor Stop the hypocrisy. And so those are the things that, oh, my God, make my blood boil because these people are so they're so arrogant. They do it. They do it to your face and then say, I'm not a socialist. I'm like, how dare you stand with socialist organizations and then tell me that you're for cops when you're standing with defund the police organizations, it's disgusting. And Val Demings is one of those people. I have no respect for that woman. I have no respect for Aneta Del. These people are a disgrace because they position themselves in a way where, you know, you believe them, you want to believe them. And then you research who, who who's endorsing them. And they're all socialists. Yeah. 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 I think this was an eye opener episode for a I lot of people. So. I pray so. I think, uh, I think, and and you know, I always aim to have a middle ground when it comes to my podcast because I want to give perspectives to everybody and and be able to you know have people decide um, what it is that's you know what 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 appeals to them and what it doesn't appeal to them. But I think I think your story is very telling because I think it's a story of many people in this country who have switched or who've made the switch from being a, a, a toting yeah. Democrat to being a toting well, Republican. You know, and it's, and, and it's yeah. just so many things that, that, that I think that affect, um, that, that affect our everyday lives in which we're, 
which is what makes us do Absolutely. those decisions. And I think um, it took you, it yeah, took you a little bit a little of time. Too long. It, I, it, but don't blame yourself for it because at the end of the day, those are yes. life lessons. And, you know, we look at it from from a perspective. What was I thinking yeah. 20 years ago? Well, it was different, well, yeah. And 20 now. years ago, the Democratic Party was different. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. little by little, it just, it, it just radicalized into something that we don't even recognize. Yeah. No, it's unrecognizable anymore. But I tell you, I know you mentioned Mayor Levine Cava earlier yeah, in, the, in the podcast, and I want to I want to talk I want to talk to you a little bit about her. I have a, I, think, I have a um, lot of uh, juice on her because I, I worked with her, right? So I was one of the the, the women who was not only a ghostwriter for her, did press releases. Um, I was also yeah. petitioning, uh, doing petitions so she can qualify to run. I was dressed in white with suffragette white and saying, you got to vote for the first woman uh, mayor in Miami-Dade County. It's going to be historic. I was that person. And now I'm completely yeah. against her. Bec- it's funny because, you know, I, I think um, I think there was uh, in the primary, we saw how Steve Bovo had overperformed really in the primary and everyone thought oh my god Kava's not gonna make it but in between the primary and the general election she was able to really gather the troops and go out there and really work it and 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 she was able to pull it off but but i thought that i thought that always the mayor who 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 leads the county especially Miami, whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, I think you have to you have to be able to navigate through through both parties and, 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 and be as bipartisan as you can. I don't ever remember Carlos Jimenez, for example, who's who was who's the latest mayor uh, that Miami Dade County had put out press releases about specific issues. Even during the Obama administration, I can never recall Jimenez putting out specific press releases or or going out there in social media and condemning a thing that Obama did. I don't know if you ever recalled seeing such thing, but I don't I, I never saw yeah. it. And then we have a mayor who is a Democrat, but has decided to take the wing of the of of this disastrous administration and it has decided to become a cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's unfortunately it was women like me who put her over the edge and who helped her win. That is the truth, because we were like women were coming in in droves because we wanted to make history. Right. As as Democrats, Um, unfortunately, women like myself who 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 woke up, woke up, I woke up and I'll tell you a very personal story. I woke up because. I saw who she hired in her office and it's a Petrista. And when, when she hired in her office, a Petrista, which I used to work with in Florida rising, thank God I worked in those circles because that's how I started knowing who's who in the progressive movement and the socialist movement. She has a Petrista working for her in Miami Dade. So these, these socialist Democrats 
are literally integrated into our government offices. And that to me was a wake up call. And I, I remember I wrote, um, I wrote an article in the Miami Herald at that time talking about how progressives uh, were moving the needle left and how, you know, and, and I showed it to, cause at that time I still believed in Aneta Deo. I sent it to Daniela Levincava. I sent it to Aneta Deo and I said, Hey, we need to talk about this. You have a Petrista working for you. Do you know? I still believed in them. So I was like, do you know who these, who this who who this is blah 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 and they ignored me and they you know they didn't want to hear it and then of course that's when i started saying oh they're hypocrites i i helped them win and they're hypocrites they're with the dem socialists they're with florida rising they're with seiu they're with flick because they're all part of that umbrella uh, and I, I felt I felt like somebody stabbed me in the back because I was one of those women who were out there vouching for her. My daughter was out there, made her a beautiful painting um, of with her face. And we you know, there was so much pride that the first woman was going to make history. Francis Suarez, you see him. He, he vouches for her all the time. But, you know, if you know who's in her in her in her office, you know that she's standing with the progressives. She's standing with the left. She's yeah. not moderate. She's not standing with, you know, so that to me was a slap in the face. And that was another wake up call for me and, you know, to leave the party because I saw the hypocrisy. I, I'm, I was living the hypocrisy. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Francis because uh, uh, Mayor Suarez is in the talk for a potential presidential run. And and I don't I, I'm not sure I, I, I've invited already the mayor to come on the podcast, but unfortunately, I haven't received any 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 feedback or any confirmation yet. I'll reach out to them again, of course, and hope to have him on so that he can answer some of the questions that I have for him. But I'm not sure how well he could do with Republicans. Um, I think that back in 2018, um, him endorsing Andrew Gillum over Governor DeSantis was very telling. I think I think with, you, with with Francis, yeah, if I if I can uh, interject a little bit here, um, even someone like myself has lost confidence in him. Has lost, uh, you know. I don't want a Democrat wannabe. I left the Democratic Party for a reason. I don't want a yeah. Democrat wannabe as president. I also don't think that he's got the 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 popularity, as you're saying, even the enthusiasm as a Ron DeSantis. I mean, listen, everybody can dream. And I don't mean this in a rude way. I really don't because I know I, it's true. I don't mean it in a rude way because I don't I don't have anything against Francis Suarez personally at all. But I do think that he's dreaming in a way that it's just unrealistic. It's not going to happen maybe in 2030, you know, but not right now. Right now you have Ron DeSantis, you have people that are much more able and popular and, and, and people – love someone like Ron DeSantis, right? That we'd like to see yeah. him in the future run for president. So I don't, I, I, yeah. I don't think he has a chance. That is the truth. Yeah. And now back to Mayor Kawa. And, and I really, you know, because as we've seen on, on, on the recent exiting results and of, of the, count, the vote count so far in Miami-Dade County, we're seeing an increase in Republicans. I mean, we've talked, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. With the possible red wave in Miami, if you yeah. will, um, where do you think that leaves the mayor? I mean, does it put does it put her on the shopping block in twenty twenty four? Do you think there's any future contenders 
maybe that you can think of or maybe because the rumor also is that she's not going to seek office again as far as the mayor goes. She's not going to seek re-election um, because she is eyeing a congressional seat. Yeah. I don't know. If you I did that. not know that, um, but I, you know, I would be one of those people who would fight so hard against her, kind of like what I've done with Aneta Deo, because for me, it's personal. Yeah. I've seen their hypocrisy yeah. up close. I've worked with these people and someone like Daniela Vincava, first of all, right now, does not have a shot in 2024. Let's just be honest. Like she's done. That is the truth. If yeah. if Biden keeps going the way he is, which he will, and uh, Miami-Dade turns ruby red and we sent that loud message, she's going to probably try to be a little bit more moderate. And Pero ya no mm-hmm. nos va a engañar. No somos estúpidos, you know? You cannot keep lying to us. We know who you are and we are coming for you. I am coming for her and I will, I will be the first one to tell you I will be fighting for her not to win that seat. Um, yeah. and, and for... Well, supposedly it's the seat against Maria Brita. Obviously, with Maria Brita potentially winning re-election, that will be the seat that she will challenge. Imagínate, um, pues so eso, it'll, it'll be interesting este, to see. Bien interesante. Eh, va a ser muy interesante, pero de verdad que no le veo mm-hmm. futuro a esa señora precisamente porque la gente ya está abriendo los ojos. We've opened our eyes. We are awake. Um, we're, we're not woke. We're awake. And more of us are, are becoming uh, better informed. More of us are paying attention and we're not going to be lied to in 2024. That is a fact. We are going to be voting with our eyes wide open and someone like Daniel Levincava in Miami-Dade is not going to win. Yeah. Well, we've reached the very end of our podcast, but I have one question to ask you because I always ask it at the very end of the podcast. We always, I like to highlight businesses across the entire state of Florida. I know you're down from South Florida and I'm up in Central Florida. So what do you what what is a small business that you would recommend for our listeners to go visit? Um, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a, a local local shop. Well, Tell me. I've worked with this company. It's called Baguette Plus. It's a, a husband and wife. The husband is the baker. Um, okay. He's Brazilian. And they are the most beautiful couple, right? Because you can see how much they love each other. First, I think that that is so admirable to see like a young couple um, really working together hand in hand as a partnership and really um, making their business grow throughout the pandemic. And they just did their five-year anniversary for their business. It's called Baguette Plus Baking Company, B-A-G-U-E-T-T-E, Plus, Baguette Plus, you can find them on IG, you can find them on Facebook. They're just admirable because you, I've, I've, I've seen how much they work and I've seen how much they love each other and how much they love what they do. And um, I've bought their, their baked goods, you know, for like Mother's Day, for Christmas, you know, whenever I go like for Thanksgiving. And it's not only that they're amazing as people, but their, their baked goods are delicious. Their bread is amazing. And so I really want to push that, um, that small business because they're just good people and their product is, is to die for. It's delicious. <laughs> well, Thanksgiving is approaching, so definitely check out Baguette Plus um, and their great baked goods. On my part, I'm going to recommend you to go to Four Rivers. It's a barbecue place. It's family-owned. They have several locations throughout the state of Florida. They've got great barbecue. And if you've listened to my previous podcast, in which I've 
recommended other barbecue places, I think you can tell that I'm a huge barbecue lover. So definitely go out and check out Four Rivers Barbecue. Number four, Rivers Barbecue. They have a place up and down in South Florida in Coral Springs. They have up here in Central Florida, Tallahassee, you name it. So go check them out. And with that, Carolina, I thank you so much for hopping on here and telling us your story. This was like a firehouse, <laughs> fireside conversation. We spoke Spanglish. We, we talked about everything. It this was, was lovely so, to This have was you so on. much fun. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I, I just feel so welcomed and comfortable with you. And thank you for, for embracing me. And, uh, you know, and I, I just... I'm, I'm privileged to be here. So thank you again for this opportunity because I feel like I have so of much course. to say and so much to, to get out into the world because I want people to, to, to learn and to open their eyes. I really do like, you know, don't, don't live it like I did. Just learn from, from others' experiences, you know? Of course. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. And um, I, know, I know for, I know our listeners are going to enjoy this podcast. I, I know they're going to enjoy the show. Um, and, um, once again, thank you. And we are off. <laughs>